What's up, Rock family? What's up, Rock family? Happy Sunday. Welcome to church. Y'all been fasting for a week. I know you haven't died. You're okay. You still can walk. God is going to bless you. We got two more weeks. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Look how much energy I have. Come on now. Come on now. So my name is Miles McPherson. I'm pastor of the Rock Church. I love when we do our fast because it is energizing. Uh, energizing. So we got two more weeks. And uh, next week we'll sign up for our group. So if you're not in a group, small group, sign up for small groups. Um, hit the share button. Get this message out to all your friends. And we want to get you in a group because we want to make the big church small. So let's get on our knees and pray. Lord, thank you so much for all the people who are fasting. I thank you so much for those who are struggling. I pray you uh, keep them healthy, keep them smart, but keep them courageous and faithful. Thank you for this word that you're going to give them today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. That was an awesome uh, skit that you just saw with the kids reading the Bible. I say kids and young people <laughs> reading the Bible. Um, it is so critical to read your word. I mean, my goodness. Uh, story, chapter 3, Adam and Eve are in the garden, and the devil comes up to Eve and says, did God really say? And she's kind of fumbling around, and she kind of got it right, but then he lied to her, and she believed him. Why? She didn't know God's word. The devil will tell you his version of God's word. You have to read it yourself. You have to read it yourself. So let's get your Bibles out. Get your Bibles out. On the count of three, say word. One, two, three, say word. Turn to John chapter 5. John chapter 5. One of my favorite stories in the Bible. I have about 1,500 favorite stories in the Bible. One of my favorite stories in the Bible. John chapter 5. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Fourth book in the New Testament. Um, my wife and I have three children. They're all in their 30s now. I have a grandson who's six. And when you have a baby, you have to do everything for your babies. You got to carry them everywhere. They can't walk on their own. You got to put their clothes on. They can't dress themselves. You got to wipe their butt. They can't wipe their butt. You got to put their diaper on, take it off. You got to uh, uh, feed them, wipe their mouth, burp them. They can't do anything but cry and sleep. That's it. Can't talk. They can't, nothing. And you got to put them in the car seat. you got to take them out of the car seat. They are 100% dependent on you. And after you do that for a while, you're like, man, I can't wait for the day I can say, get in the car. Go make your breakfast. Go dress yourself. And they go do it themselves. Especially when they eat, you got to feed them. Ah, blah, 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 blah. Wipe them out. Blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, man, I can't wait for the day you can feed yourself. <clears throat> A lot of y'all come to church because you can't feed yourself. You don't know how to read the Bible. You come here, you listen online, you surf through the internet, the internet to look at this person, look at that person, look at that person, and get something. Let's see who. Let's see who's going to entertain me today. Let's see who's going to give me a nugget today. Let's see who's going to give me something inspirational today. And that's it. And then you wait till next week. If you're going to reset your life, reset. 2021. If you're going to reset your life, this has to be part of it. So we're going to talk about one way. It's very simple. There are many different ways to read the Bible, devotionally, but we're going to talk about one way to read this every single day to get something out of it. And it's based on three very simple words. Read, reflect, and respond. 
read, reflect, and respond. 2 Timothy 3.16. 2 Timothy 3.16.17 says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God and profitable for doctrine, reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. What? Why? That the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Three things. Read, reflect, and respond. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. You have to read it. You have to read it. And then you have to reflect on it because it is profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, and instruction, and righteousness. You have to reflect what is it saying, and then that the man of God, a woman of God, may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Here's the thing. Read, reflect, and respond. Three very simple steps. I would encourage you every single day, get up, read a passage of Scripture. It is okay to read devotionals, but when you can get to read the Bible yourself and get something out of it, now we're talking. So number one, I'm going to go through this, then we're going to do it, and then I'm going to encourage you to practice it all week and all month and all year. You're talking about resetting your, your year? Do this every day for a year. Woo. Read through the Bible. Okay, number one, read a passage three to four times really slow. And listen to the Holy Spirit's small, still voice. Read a passage three to four times. Over and over and over again. And watch what God says to you. So number, two, number one, the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. The more word of God you hear, the more your faith is going to grow. Why? Because faith is actually in the word of God. Faith is not just some feeling. It's based on the fact of God's word. So the more God's word you have, the more faith you will have because your faith rests on the word of God. Woo! So read. Then you reflect on it. Prayerfully ask the Holy Spirit to, one, identify a need for kingdom alignment and identify kingdom alignment prescription, how to do it. In other words, whenever you read the Bible, because the Bible's purpose is to instruct you, direct you, purify you, you read it over and over again and you ask the question, what kind of kingdom alignment is it teaching me about me? What is it teaching me about how to be like Jesus better? We're going to do this in a minute. So your reading is saying, Lord, what are you trying to tell me about how to be like you better? Ask the question. You may read a story about David and Goliath. Okay, God, what am I learning about your power, your faithfulness, your, 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 your insight, your wisdom, your knowledge? What am I learning about my inadequacy, my sin, my flaws, my weaknesses? You want to look for it because the word is in the Bible to help you be like Jesus, to bring kingdom God of alignment into your life, into your thoughts, into your actions, into your perspective, into your attitude. What about me is being aligned by that story, that passage, that psalm, that proverb? What, am I ha what do I have to learn to be more like Jesus? You want to ask that. So you want to read it over and over again. We're going to do it, here, do it here in a minute. I'm giving you high level. So read it over and over again, asking God, what is it about me that needs to be changed? And how is this telling me to change it? And then number three, respond. Read, reflect, and respond. In other words, describe the kingdom of God application. What does that mean to me? 
In other words, if I see someone in the Bible, and the Bible saying, hey, you need to pray more, okay, what does that mean to me? When will I pray? How will I pray? When am I going to learn how to pray? When am I going to pray? What does that mean to me today? And if you could write that down, done. That's it. Read it multiple times. Ask it. What is it telling me about how to be more like Jesus? And then how do I apply that in my life? That's it. Now, of course, there's all kinds of stuff in the Bible, study theology and, you know, all the different uh, theologies and, and perspectives and history. I'm not talking about that. This is just for you to read and just have like, breakfast. You get up, eat some Cheerios, or even though it's not necessarily nutritious, but eat some oatmeal, some eggs, whatever. You want to get up, okay, God, give me a nugget for today. So a lot of times on my Instagram, what I'm sharing is I read something, I'm like, boom, I want to share this with people. One little simple nugget. Good for the day. Meditate on it throughout the day. Okay? Read, reflect, and then respond. You don't want to get information just to put in your head. Remember, it's, the whole purpose is to make you more like Jesus. Okay? So we're going to read this passage. We're going to read it real slow. And I'm not going to read it three or four times, but, I, but what we're going to do is we're going to listen and ask the question, what am I learning about how people can be more like Jesus in this passage? Okay? And I'll, I'll share that as we go. It says, John chapter 5, verse 1. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now, there was in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool, which is called in Hebrew Bethesda, having five porches. Those are big, big roof with all these pillars and water. And in these lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. So here's the situation. All these people are laying around sick, blind, and they're waiting for the water to move so they could, the first one to get in the water would be healed because they thought the angel was in the water. Okay? Just like, you know, when you go down, downtown, you see all these homeless people sitting on the street. Just imagine that, and there's a pool of water, and they thought when the water moved, the first one in the water would be healed. This is where Jesus is walking. So, remember, you read the passage and you look at what needs to be aligned what kingdom alignment needs to be happening? Well, they're sick, so they need to be healed. They're waiting for water and not necessarily God, so their faith needs to be redirected. You want to ask, show me the kingdom alignment. Show me the human flaw in the people or what it's saying to me or in the people in the story. Okay, look what it says. In these lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the water to move. And for an angel went out at a certain time into the pool and stirred the water. And then whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease they had. Now, a certain man had been there 38 years. Now, I want you to imagine, just in your mind, laying in the street for 38 years. Probably had a bag. Probably was discouraged. Probably lost hope. I'm just saying. I'm just guessing. If I was laying on the street for 38 years, I would have lost hope. I would have been discouraged. I, we can guess the things people said to him. We can guess people, the way people described him. And here he is laying there. And for 38 years, he hasn't been able to get in the water to get healed. So he's probably lost a lot of hope. These are all the things in his life that need to be aligned with the kingdom of God. There's hope in the kingdom of God, not hopelessness. There's faith in the kingdom of God, not faithlessness. There's healing in the kingdom of God, not sickness and disease. There's encouragement, not discouragement. 
Okay, so, so here's this guy sitting there. Jesus is coming up. Jesus is perfection. Jesus is there to transform life. We're reading this, seeing Jesus have this encounter with a holy man, having this encounter with this guy who's been laying there 38 years. And what you got to be saying is processing this information and saying, what kind of kingdom alignment does this guy need? What does he need? And what's, how is Jesus going to fix it? And then you're going to say, how does that apply to me? So we read it, we read it, we read it over and over again. We see sick people laying there. One guy, 38 years, waiting for the water to be, to be stirred up. He has never been able to get in the water. He's probably discouraged. He's probably lonely. He's probably been cursed at. He's probably lost hope. This is what you can put into this situation, okay? And Jesus is going to walk up. Look what happens. When Jesus saw him lying there, he knew already he had been in that condition a long time. God knows everything about you. Oh. And he said, do you want to be well? Woo. Now, the reason we're reading this story is because the reason the stories in the Bible are like this is because they apply to us. Put yourself in the story. They apply to us. So here's a guy paralyzed 38 years, been laying there for 38 years, which is longer than some of y'all been alive. He's probably lost a lot of hope. He hasn't been able to get into the water. He's probably been begging all his life, or at least as long as he's been laying there, 38 years. He's probably been ridiculed, probably dirty, uncomfortable. Well, I don't know if he got other diseases and bugs or whatever, but just, just this is his reality. That's his reality. Jesus comes and says, do you want to be well? What needs to be aligned in his life is his perspective, his hope, his faith, his physical ailment. These are all the things that need to be corrected. And look what he says. And then Jesus says, do you want to be well? Now, you may think that's a dumb question. He's been there 38 years. Look what he says. The sick man said, sir, I have no man to put me into the pool. When the water stirred, but while I'm coming, another steps before me because I can't get down there. Um, another thing that had to be fixed in him is his perspective. He said, Jesus said, do you want to be well? It's a yes or no answer. But he gave him an excuse because he thought the only way I could be well is to beat the people into the water. That's not what Jesus said to him. He said, do you want to be well? How many times have God asked you a question or given you an opportunity and you gave him an excuse? That's you. That's you. If, if all you get out of this is that stop giving God excuses because when Jesus says, do you want to be well? Do you want to be used? Do you want to be anointed? Do you want to have spiritual power? Do you want to have visions? Do you want to have purpose? He's not asking you. It's a yes or no answer. He's not asking you to do it yourself. He's asking you, do you want it? It's not a yes, no answer. And so one of the things that had to be aligned with this guy's life is to just answer the question. Stop giving excuses for why you can't do what God's offering you. Read it three or four times. Read it three or four times. Reflect. What, can, what needs kingdom alignment? What is out of, what is out of alignment with, the, with heaven perfection? It's my perspective, my health, my opportunities. It's out of alignment. And then Jesus asks me, and then I give him an excuse. So what's out of alignment is my even perspective on the power of God, my belief in the power of God, my belief that God will do what he's saying he will do. 
That's out of perspective. So I lost hope. I don't believe in God. I don't believe in, I don't, I don't believe I can do this. I don't believe these people will let me. I got, I got all these obstacles and not even God could help me. Because even when God asked me, I got an excuse that even God can't. God, you can't help me because these people keep getting in the way. Jesus said, I don't, I don't need you to get in the water. I, I don't, I don't, that's not my, that's not the rules I go by. So when you read it, you have to ask, what is Jesus trying to, or the passage trying to correct in our life? And for me, I, I've read this so many times. One of the things that challenges me is to stop giving God excuses. Do you want to be well or not? Now, I would ask you, for you, do you want to be happy? Do you want to be healed? Do you want to have purpose? Yes or no? Do you want to be a generous person? Do you want to be financially blessed? And financially blessed doesn't mean God's going to give you more money, it, but it does mean that God will enable you to enjoy what you have. Do you want that? He'll give it to you. Again, it doesn't mean he's going to give you all millions of dollars. It just means he's going to, in the least, in the least, enable you to enjoy what you have. So that's a question. It's just a question. And then he says, Jesus said, rise up, take your bed, and walk. And immediately the man took up his bed, and he walked. So what does that got to do with you? Number one, here's my assignment to you. Read this three and four times. And look in your notes. Number one, read it three or four times. Read it over and over and over again, real slow, and ask God these questions. Ask God these questions on reflection. Identify the need for kingdom alignment. What needs to be aligned with the kingdom of God? His perspective, his hope, his ailments, his faith in God. And what was the prescription? To trust God's word, trust God's promise, by faith walk into your blessing. What does that mean? Well, I want to get a job. Okay, well, write your resume, mail it, go to the place, or get on your knees and pray. Read your Bible, go on a fast, be generous, be kind, go forgive somebody, go ask for forgiveness. Do the things that God has called you to do. So first you have to read the passage, then you identify what is God doing and what is the passage saying about my sinful nature or the sinful nature of the person in this story, if it's a story, and how does that apply to something in my life? And then what do I have to do based on what I just learned? And if you could do that every day, this is why I love stories. Because if you can put yourself in the place of the character in the story and interact with the truth of the story and say, that guy is being challenged to be faithful. That woman is challenged to, to pray. That guy is challenged to repent. And you could just do that, put yourself in that position. And you could read every day, Lord, what does this got to do with me? And whatever you read every day, I would encourage you, don't read it once. Read it three times. Read it slow and ask God to reveal to you, Lord, what are you trying to say to me? And God, not only encourage me, make me feel good, but show me how to walk in this newness. As, as you go into your second week of your fast, start reading the Bible every day. Meditate on it every day. Slow your life down. By the way, this is going to be the money week. 
the money week. Slow yourself down. Listen to God. Let God speak to you. Get in the word and read. Just take short stories and read them slow. Read them slow and ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you. He's going to tell you great mighty things you don't know. And God's going to change your life. And, and let me tell you something. We'll, we'll, I'll talk about this when we break the fast. But, by the way, break fast is breakfast. You fast it all night. Then you break it by eating in the morning. It's called breakfast or break fast. That's what it is. But when you break your fast after three weeks, you're actually going to feel a little sad because you're going to feel like this intimacy you have with God that's going to be really strong in two weeks from now. Is broken. It's going to feel that way. So this is the money week. The week where you're going to get really, really deep with God. You're going to stop feeling, man, I haven't eaten in 10 days. Oh, man, I'm going to die. Shut up. You're not going to die. Okay, be, be smart, be healthy, all that stuff. But you're not going to die. Listen to God. Be led by the Spirit. Be guided by the Word. Remember, you're going to get attacked by the devil. I said that last week. But I want to pray for you. And here's what I want to pray. I want to pray that this week the Holy Spirit would bless you. And that God would open your eyes up to how much he loves you. He would bless you financially, bless you with relationships, bless you with vision, bless you with pur purpose, and bless you with a generous heart. And what I mean by generous heart, that you would say, God, however you want to use me, I am yours. I give all of this to you. And God's going to show you. He's going to blow your mind. Lord, I just thank you so much for your faithfulness. Lord, as we go into the second week of the fast, I pray you transform people's lives. I pray you heal them. I pray you give them vision, purpose, anointing, and joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. I pray you give them spiritual power. I pray that you transform the direction of their life, that you give them new vision for their purpose, that you give them clarity about their gifts and talents. And I pray that you release them into the kingdom with new purpose, new vision, and new provision. In Jesus' name, amen.